Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. going on what's happening oh my gosh wow <laughs> that's cute sing song sing songy yeah what's hey, going on speaking of songs yeah okay i have a funny little tale <laughs> you already know it but i thought i would share I do, it i do i keep sharing these stories that make me seem not very bright I'm, like i'm doing it to myself but at this point we're just gonna ride ride with it you know so me and Jake were sitting there, and a little unknown fact about me, sometimes I just burst out into song. Yeah. Like, I'm very sing-songy. Right. We'll just be laying there, and I'll yeah. sing what I'm thinking. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's embarrassing. But anyway, so we're sitting there, hanging out, and I, <laughs> I just start belting Nights in White Satin. Yes. Okay. You know the tune. Love it. Okay. I had forgotten about the tune. You and did? Jake <laughs> has never heard the tune. Which is mind-blowing to me. Right, uh, which led both of us to believe that I wrote that song lyric <laughs> and just sang it. And he was like, did you just make that up? And I was like, oh my God, I think I did. I think it's a hit. Hey, I didn't say that I may have been a little under the influence. <laughs> okay. Breakaway pop hit. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that was really good. Like, what does it mean? What What does Knights in White Sat mean? And I was like, I don't know. It just came <laughs> it to just, me out it of just thin came air. To me. And he was like, yeah, and you had like a melody to it. I'm like, I know. And then I was like, we're sitting there for like 15 minutes. I was like, hold on. (laughs) I don't think I wrote that. I think it is a very popular song. But like for a split second, I just felt like. I just wrote a breakaway pop hit. Felt like a lyrical god. (laughs) So that was nice. That is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) what a bummer. Oh, well. So what else? So we actually got to go to the water yeah. the other day and take some time out of the day. Rare. Which is very rare, <laughs> yeah. but so necessary. Oh, my gosh. And I think you just get so wrapped up in the day-to-day you know, stuff that you got exactly. going on that you forget that you haven't done anything to ground yourself. Yes. Yes. And for me, I know that it's time. When, you know, because we talked about I got sick last week, yeah, you know, right. and so when I, when my immune system starts going, I got to get out. Into, yeah. Into it's like nature. your body is forcing you like, yes. bitch, <laughs> time to take a rest. Get outside with the plants, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. So I always thought that I was like equal parts air and fire in my birth chart. Right. Right. Like right. we've talked about this because my two big Aries placements in my big three, like that's, mm-hmm. that's weighted. Mm-hmm. I am actually, I did some investigating. I am actually equal parts air and water. Ooh. Interesting. And if you know me, that's probably not surprising. I'm like emotional as hell. Yeah. Right. Right. But when we were in the water the other day and I was like sitting in there and I had my toes in the sand and I was just listening to the water and feeling the wind and oh my God, I have never felt more connected Mm -hmm. to nature. I think maybe water is more important. Like I, I need to bring that into my 
yeah, space more often. Yeah, I love the water. I could literally hear the ripples in the water and the way it was yeah. going downstream. I could hear it talking to me. So I cute. was literally looking up at the leaves and in the trees, and they were waving to me like, "Girl, where you been? Oh, hey, friend. <laughs> yeah, you're adorable. But yeah, uh, when you're in the water, that's it's so funny. Jake calls you like a mermaid because she is fucking like she falls over nothing. I she trip, trips uh, yeah. like twenty nine times Not a day. Graceful. Not no. graceful at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nashville will live in infamy. <laughs> when she fell. I fell, yeah. Oh my gosh, I fall all the time. Yeah, I have like, you know, a bucket in my mind of yeah. fucking times that you have fallen. Yeah. That sometimes when I'm sad, I pull from. No offense. Uh, hey, We've talked about this. Hey, you go, girl. It, you know, had to serve it's a purpose. Be- it's because you're okay. You know? <laughs> so I'm always of, falling. You are. That's yeah. the point. Uh, but when you get in water, you are beauty and grace. Nice. Right? You know, hey. I love the water. You do. I, I do. think we need to bring it, you know, into our space more often. Yes. Fact check. Jake likes it. The yes. dog likes yes. it. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. And so everybody, make sure you're taking the time yeah. to recharge the battery, no matter what that means to you. It's exactly. so important. Yeah. yeah. Take some so time important. for yourself, right? Yeah. Treat yourself. <laughs> I yeah. Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well. Every week we pick an organization. Jake, what do we have? This week's organization is the Compassionate Friends. They provide highly personal comfort, hope, and support to every family experiencing the death of a child and help others better assist the grieving family. Yes. So that will be linked in our show notes along with everything else. Yes. Are you ready on that note? Because this is a good segue into my topic today. Yes. 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 I'm doing Casper. Oh, how fun. 1995. Nice. Yeah. So when this came out, I was two. Oh, my gosh. gosh, You love this movie so much. I love Casper. Yes. Specifically this one. All right. So let's jump into it. Rated PG. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, it's a little dark for a PG. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about yeah. that today. A uh, character by Joseph Oriolo. Oh, no. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right, but I love <laughs> where you were heading with it. Oriolo. That, I'm so sorry. Uh, written by Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver. Okay. Directed by Brad Silberling. It's really testing uh-huh, me today. Uh-huh. All right, executive produced. I believe by fucking Steven Spielberg. What? Who we just do not know. Like, <laughs> I'm like this motherfucker. He's starting he's to done become, everything. He's starting to join the ranks, you know, of like Harry Houdini. I'm like, would you get out of here? An ACD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, right. ACD. Mm-hmm. Uh, music by James Horner. Okay. And here's your cast: Bill Pullman as Doctor Harvey, which. Dude, his character in this breaks my heart. Oh, my gosh. He's such a good actor. He really is. We have Christina Ricci as Kat, who I was, like, in love with. I still am. She's so great. Yeah. Uh, Malachi Pearson as the voice of Casper. Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. Who, you know, we love as Casper. Kathy Moriarty as Kerrigan. Mm. Who? Where do I know her from? Jake even oh, asked me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been in so many things, and her voice is so her distinctive. But I'm like, I don't iconic. know. I should have looked that up. Yeah. Fact check, Jake. I see his fingers tapping. Yeah, it's tapping. Raging Bull. No. Is that your bag? No. Well, no. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> Copland. Oh yes. Okay. So she. Okay. Oh, but I'm a cheerleader. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we know her. Okay. She's yeah. funny she's, as she, hell in this yeah, movie. Yeah, she is. Uh, Eric Idle as Dibs, Joe Nepoti oh, as Stretch, Joe Alasky as Stinky, and Brad Garrett as Fatso. Okay. My apologies to every name that I just <laughs> that you just butchered. butchered. Woo! 
All right. You ready for the rundown? I am ready. All right. Let me take a breath because this is kind of, it's one of those plots where kind of a lot is it's going happening. on. So okay. it's going to be kind of long winded, but here we go. All right. <sighs> a bratty woman named Kerrigan Crittenden is left a spooky castle called Whipstaff Manor in Friendship, Maine after her father dies. And before you ask, it's yes. Fictional. No, it's real. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, Laura, you always Dude, guess. I know. That's hilarious. Yeah, we can go it. there. Oh, fine. I know. On the list. On the list. She isn't happy about it because she's like, what? This is all I get. Until her friend Dibs finds a map of the house that leads to what they believe is a giant treasure. So now mm. she's like, now I'm interested. Sign me up. Sign me up. They go to scope it out and are immediately introduced to Casper, a little ghost boy that lives in the manor. Oh, he's just the cutest thing. So cute. His voice is like, he's like, hi, want to be my friend? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Kerrigan and Dibs scream, of course, Uh because he's a ghost and wake up three other ghosts that are referred to as the ghostly trio. Mm -hmm. And that is Stretch, Stinky. (laughs) Stinky. Stinky. Oh, my gosh. And Fatso. Uh-huh. They're, they are not as friendly as Casper, but they're like the fucking comedic relief of the movie. They made right. me laugh. Uh, the pair try everything to get rid of the ghost, mm-hmm. right? Because they want the treasure, but right. nothing works. Even a ghostbuster, Dan Aykroyd, rushes out of the house saying that they will simply have to call someone else. Oh my gosh. Hilar- that's so I don't think funny. I ever noticed that when I was a kid. I was like, what the fuck? There are a lot of little cameos in this movie that's that I was cute. just too young oh, to like geez. notice. Uh-huh. All right. So meanwhile, Casper is super sad because all he wants is a fucking friend. All right. He's lonely. Hmm. So he goes upstairs and watches some Mr. Rogers. Oh, oh my, my Pittsburgh heart was crushed. I was like, oh no. Mr. Rogers. I know. Uh, so he's watching that and he comes across a news piece on Dr. James Harvey, a psychiatrist who has seemingly gone crazy after the death of his wife, Amelia. All right. Overcome with grief, Dr. Harvey and his daughter, Kat, now travel the world searching for ghosts and paranormal happenings. Zach Bagans. I, Mom, <laughs> in my notes I have, is he the original Zach Bagans? <laughs> Zach Bagans, I have figured you out. You are a Casper fan. Noted. Tiny Zach Bagans is like, hey, that's what I want to do for hey, the rest of my that's life. that's what I want to be. Did that ghost just make fun of my mom? <laughs> I have to get that in there like <laughs> once an episode, you oh, know? Um, and he's like, his goal is to find ghosts that are trapped because they have unfinished business and he wants to help them move on. All right. Nice. So Casper is immediately batting his little ghost eyelashes at Cat. All right, he thinks that she is cute. So he pulls some strings and sends some signals to Kerrigan, who decides to call Dr. Harvey to help get rid of the ghosts. That smart motherfucker. We flash to Kat and Dr. Harvey, who are now on their way to Whipstaff Manor. I hate that name. I don't know what. Whipstaff. Whipstaff Manor. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was a really good accent. It was. I don't know what accent it was. You've been working on your accents. (laughs) Listen, I really have. (laughs) I'm like afraid Jake is like secretly recording me because it has to be embarrassing. I'm really trying to get better. Nothing secret about this recording here. Shut <laughs> fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. We realize they aren't doing so hot. All right. Kat right. and Dr. Harvey. Kat isn't happy moving all around the country, right? She's a kid. Yeah. She doesn't have any friends or stability. The dad is obviously grieving, like big time looking yeah. for his wife because he believes she has unfinished business that is tying her here. So this whole, you know, traveling the world is right. he's just trying to find his wife. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm going to give you a cry alert cuz yes. this movie just oh my gosh. So you're going to hear my you're going to yeah. hear my voice quiver. You're going to probably be able to smell the, <laughs> smell tears. the tears. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
So you can tell that Cat kind of has to act like the adult at this moment mm-hmm. in time, right? Because he is just completely crushed. Right. And you can tell that they're like not grieving separately. Like they're kind of too close and yeah. nothing is really happening. Does right. that make sense? Yes. All right. He promises Cat that if he doesn't find what he's looking for after this trip, he will be done for good and they can officially move on. Mm. All right. Okay. They do a cute little handshake. <laughs> Where they like lock pinkies. I was always jealous of this. Cute. I was like, where is Michael father-daughter handshake? <laughs> okay. Maybe we could create our own. Mother yeah. Daughter. Okay. Fun. I love it. All right. And they arrive at their new, you know, temporary home. Mm-hmm. Casper is super fucking excited because he likes Kat. Yeah. Right? And he's course. like, yeah, I got her here. Woo. Yay. And he's being like an awkward little ghost boy, like practicing his pickup lines in the oh, mirror. Oh, it's my so gosh. cute. And Kat and her dad are, like, exploring the giant-ass fucking house. Yes. So Casper finally introduces himself to the fam. Okay. There you go. I can't remember all some... Was there, like, a roller coaster in this house or something? Yeah. We'll get to that. All right. Okay. (laughs) Laura, again, (laughs) this movie took place in the 90s, did I mention? So Laura has no recollection. I do, but it's been a while. It's been a while. All right. So Casper introduces himself to the fam. Cat passes out and Pops freaks out and hides them both in a closet. Oh, geez. All right. I think he's a cute yes. ghost. I'd be like, cute. hey, what's up? He is finally able to explain that he's friendly. All right. He's not going to hurt Casper them. Casper the friendly ghost. Duh, they didn't know that. <laughs> Him and Cat try to touch hands. Oh, stop. But of course they can't because he's a ghost. Oh, and yeah. the fucking saddest music in the world plays. Really? I'm like, really, guys? Like, you just drive that fucking steak in there. And there's so many moments of that in this movie. I'm like, oh, my God. So now they're all kind of getting along. All right. Mm-hmm. Casper makes Cat and the father, the father, a fine looking breakfast. Oh, cute. The fucking stack of pancakes. Me and Jake were both like. Was he flipping some pancakes? He was. It was so cute. I hope they had blueberries in them. Oh, my gosh. She loves a blueberry pancake. Oh. I prefer a choco chip. <laughs> <laughs> Laura was drinking her tea at that moment and she did a spit take. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. A choco chip. <laughs> a choco choco chip. <laughs> All right, everything is nice and cute, right? Until the three douchebag ghosts show up to cause trouble. But stinky. It's funny. <laughs> she only remembers stinky. Stinky. Did he smoke a cigar? Probably. Is that why it was stinky? Probably, I think so. yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. See, it's coming back to me it's now. It's all coming back to yeah, me now. Yeah. Don't make me break out into <laughs> tune because I will do it. All right, they all have a little family meeting, and we realize Casper isn't treated very nicely by the ghostly trio, right? Aww. He's kind of like, you know, the little runt. Aww. Oh, my gosh. He gets bullied. Yeah, uh, he cooks all their meals. You know, they yell at him. It's not fun. Uh, the trio tells Dr. Harvey that they know his deceased wife, Amelia. Uh-oh. Right, And that if he keeps Kerrigan off their backs, because she's trying to, you know, uh-huh. get them out of the house, that they will arrange a meeting between the couple. All right. Uh-oh. So from here on out, they're kind of all linked up. Okay. Meanwhile, Casper and Kat are starting to really bond over their sadness. Wow. And this, these scenes, like as a kid, you know, some of the yeah. scenes, they kind of go over your head. And now I'm like, oh, whew. wow. So the more Casper and Kat talk, we realize Casper doesn't remember anything about his life. All right, not his family, not his likes or interests. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. He says that when you're a ghost, life doesn't matter much anymore. So you start to forget. Oh, bummer. Cry alert. Oh, no. Okay. Hmm. So you're like, hmm. It's devastating. (laughs) This was rated PG. I just just point that out. Kat shares that she is also starting to forget things about her mom. Okay. Her voice, the way she put on her lipstick, like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, shit. Okay. Stop. 
Uh-huh. Get it together, Lee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to Cat at school. All right. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of cute moments there. All yes. right. So meanwhile, at school, Cat offers up her new home, you know, mm-hmm. for the Halloween dance party headquarters. Ooh, Ooh, fun. Because she's a new weird kid, you know, no yeah. one likes her and she's trying to score some Make cool some points. Make some connects. Yeah. And the house is like spooky. Mm-hmm. So she goes searching through the house for something to wear to the dance. She needs a costume. And she stumbles upon a box of Casper's toys from when he was alive. The toys start to spark Casper's memory. And we learn that he died after a long day of sled riding. Sled riding? Sled riding. (laughs) Insinuating that he got pneumonia. And I think he was 12. I think that's what is it. Oh, no. (laughs) So Casper remembers that death is like being born, but backwards. I thought that was interesting. interesting. And that he didn't get to go where he was supposed to. And there will be more on this later. Okay. He also remembers the Lazarus, is what it's called. Okay. A machine that his dad was inventing to bring ghosts back from the dead. Okay. Ooh. And they go to find it in the basement. And I was obsessed with this scene as a kid. And here's your roller coaster. Oh, like to get to the basement, okay. all of this fun stuff started happening because his dad like had trouble getting up in the morning. He was an inventor. Yeah. Yes. So it's like a roller coaster and it would like put on a shaving cream. And like, oh, do, do you gosh. remember this at all? I do. Okay. Yes. It's all coming yes. back to her. All right. So to use this machine, right, to bring ghosts back, there is mm-hmm. a special juice required. I didn't know what to call it. Juice. It sounds dirty. <laughs> Just fucking go with it. A special juice mm-hmm. required for the process to work. And there's only enough for one. Uh-oh. One chance, motherfuckers. Yeah. There is a whole side story with Kerrigan and Dibs. Okay. Right, but I'm not going to go into that because right. it's just like comedic. You know, yeah. it's not yeah, that yeah. important. So let's flash back to the ghostly trio and Dr. Harvey, mm-hmm. who are all getting a little smashed at the local pub. Oh, no. Hilarious. They're getting a little tipsy. Uh, past tipsy. Oh, past yes. tipsy. And what was a completely fucking shocking scene to little Lee? I was devastated. Yeah. Uh, drunken daddy. Ooh, why did I write that in my notes? Ew. It New had- band name I call it. <laughs> <laughs> it had to autocorrect because nothing revolts me more than the term daddy. And you know that. Both of you. Jake probably snuck in here and did <laughs> to mortify did me. The father. See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's mm-hmm. go back to father. The father accidentally uh, takes a fall down a big ass construction hole oh, no. and dies. Dr. Harvey. Dr. Harvey. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Dies. Oh, bummer. I didn't remember that. I know. Laura, Laura is learning mm. all of this with yeah. all of you today. Cat <laughs> uh, doesn't know this yet. All right. Oh, no. At the same time, all right, everyone arrives at Whip, Whipshoff Mana for oh, the dance. I'm, I'm still practicing. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Kat is looking sharp in Casper's mother's wedding dress, which they found in the secret Aww. box. Oh, devastating. Just as Kat is about to turn Casper back into a human with the magic juice in the machine, mm-hmm. her dad flies in, okay, and reveals that he fucking died. Oh, <laughs> okay. No. Him as a ghost, though, hilarious. Hilarious. But he's already starting to forget Kat. Because remember, Casper said you forget. And it Aww. is, again, fucking devastating with the music and the strings. Oh, jeez. Oh, so he finally, they do their handshake and it comes back to him. Okay. This is why everyone needs a fucking handshake. That's why you need a secret handshake. Duh. So Casper, because he loves Cat, gives up his turn in the machine and returns Dr. Harvey to his body. Ooh. How, how do you feel? That's devastating. Exactly. I mean, good for Dr. Harvey, but... Yeah, Sad well, Cat, Cat, and Doctor Harvey are kind of like, oh, this is great, and then they like run upstairs to the party. And Jake was like, did they just fucking leave Casper <laughs> down there after he sacrificed? Like, oh, Jake was Jake getting was hot. not. He's yeah. getting hot. He's oh, getting hot. But okay. they go up to the party. 
All right. And then they're hanging out. And while Casper is super fucking sad. Yeah. Hello. uh, Amelia, the mother, comes down from above in like a fucking cloud of smoke. Mm -hmm. All right. Because the trio kept their promise. Ouch. Wow. And she grants Casper one night of being alive again. This is where Devin Sawa comes in. And every girl, every, you know, every person my age, let me yes. just put it that way, probably had a crush. On Devin Sawa. Oh my, Devin Sawa, yes. yes, because come on. And probably from this movie. Yeah. Okay, so his entrance, he just like fucking comes in like he owns, <laughs> like he owns the damn place. He also comes in on a fucking, you know, cloud, cloud. of fog. It's probably Halloween <laughs> fog, right? It, it had me fucking cracking up. So Casper... And Devin Sawa walks right over to Kat, who doesn't realize that it is Casper yet, Uh. right? And they start to dance. And he whispers, can I keep you? Which he has asked her before. As Casper. (laughs) And she realizes that it's Casper. Oh, no. And they fucking dance and they float and they, oh, my gosh. I was crying. Everyone's crying. Where are you? Oh, Jake, are you kidding me? Fact check, Jake. Uh, Was I crying on this one? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Admit it. Admit it right now. All right. Meanwhile, Dr. Harvey and Amelia have a beautiful moment by the window. All right. And she tells him that she has no unfinished business because she was loved so well. (gasps) Oh, shit. There goes the cry alert. There goes the waterworks. The clock strikes 10. Amelia disappears and says that she will be watching over them. And Casper returns back to his ghostly form, but not before sneaking a little smoochy smooch. Smooches. The ghostly trio breaks out into song. Nice. You know, every 90s movie needed a, you know, a song moment. And everyone lives happily ever after, after, you know, scaring away everyone at their Halloween party. And they're just dancing and living it up. So they that's just the live in the, the house and, and Casper's I think so. and, oh, BFFs. Yeah, he's okay. still a ghost. Right. She asked me before we sat down, she said, did Casper stay a ghost? I said, oh, Lord. Right. It's going to be okay, okay. sweetie. Where <laughs> We're going to teach you about it. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Casper, the friendly ghost. Yes. And then we're going to get a little sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so originally created in the late 1930s by Seymour Wright. All right, he came up with the character, what? Do you, is it? Seymour wrong. Oh, fuck. I thought Seymour butts. I thought I pronounced right wrong, and I was like, how? How did I fuck that up? Oh, my gosh. And Joe Oreo. Mr. Oreo. Is this Mr. Areola? (laughs) I hate both of you. Joe Oreo is back. Okay, he illustrated the character again, sir. I apologize. All right, Seymour Wright, not Seymour Wrong, Mm -hmm. worked as a writer, author, and anchor. Like, he okay. aged cartoons. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a children's book. Right. All right? But no one was grabbing at it. Okay. So the rights to the book end up being sold to Famous Studios Animation, which is part of Paramount Pictures. Okay. All right? And in 1945, Casper made his debut in a novel tune. Did you know? I had to look this up. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's an animated anthology series by Famous Studios. Okay. Cool. Um, and it was called The Friendly Ghost. He didn't have a name at this time. Oh. All right. The cartoon told the story of, now Casper, mm-hmm. uh, a cute and friendly ghost that likes to make friends. Cute. In fact, he prefers humans to other ghosts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, two other cartoons followed this one. Okay. There's Good Booze Tonight. Risque. Hey, nice. And A Haunting We Will Go. Cute. 
1950, Paramount decides to give Casper his own series called simply Casper the Friendly Ghost. Cute. Cute. A bunch of TV shows between the 1950s and today popped up, right? Like Casper is huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hanna-Barbera, who did Scooby, we've talked about this, gave us the Casper Christmas and Halloween specials, which I have on VHS. Cute. Uh, We love them. The mid-90s saw a TV series based, I think, on the movie, like, the kind of followed okay. this plot. Okay. Uh, and that's where Casper meets Wendy comes uh, in, remember? Wendy. Which you wanted to do at I some point. Li- I have a little golden book called oh, Casper cute. and Wendy Yeah, like, I was a kid. Yeah. I think Hilary Duff was in the really? 90s. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Jake, uh, look that sense. up. I'm that pretty sure sense. she was in one of those and she played Wendy. So we're definitely going to have to dive into yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, you are correct. Because I know the 90s. All right. uh, Casper was also big in the comic book scene. Mm -hmm. All right. First seen in a comic in 1949, published by St. John Publications. And in 1959, Alfred Harvey of Harvey Comics purchases the rights to the character. All right. Other Harvey Comics characters include Hot Stuff, the Little Devil, Richie Rich, and Baby Huey. And fun fact, I have a Hot Stuff Little Devil tattoo. Because I think he's adorable. He is cute. Uh, Casper then became the focus and guest star of countless comic books and also inspired many spinoffs, including Wendy the Good Little Witch, yes. which you will do at some point. I will. Uh, Casper comics continued to run until the mid-90s. And then, again, it just kept going. TV series, merch, books, etc. Yeah. Featuring Casper still pop up today. Cute. Timeless. All right, so let's talk... About death and grief a little bit. Oh, heavens. And okay. I'm going to just say this. Listen, we all know what's going on in my life a little bit. If you have been listening, mm-hmm. I am experiencing grief. You yes. are as well. Yes. As is fact check Jake. We've had a little bit of a rough year. And so the universe, as much as I try yes. to not bring these topics up too much, the universe is just really trying to Test teach you and yeah. teach me lessons, you know, give me messages that I need. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that some of you need as well. So right. this is what we're going to talk about today. Okay. All right. So a lot of these stories of Casper had a dark undertone. Okay. All right. And obviously at least mildly touched on topics relating to death because he's a ghost. Right. All right. Right. Some comics tried to skirt around that by giving him ghost parents and just saying that he oh, was born geez. a ghost, which is, that's cute. That's funny. That's hilarious. A, a for effort. You're an infant sheet. <laughs> oh my. Good one, Laura. Good one. Dad's a twin. <laughs> Stop it. Yo. Um, <laughs> that was funny as shit. That was, was like, like, that was a good one. Jake just got it. I saw No, like, I was trying to hold it together, <laughs> but when she said dad was a twin, I'd lost. That was it. Oh, shit, Laura. I love you. All right. <laughs> Apparently, the film was even supposed to include a darker version or like more details of Casper's backstory. Okay. So apparently, his mother died. Oh, my gosh. Died in childbirth. Oh. All right, mm-hmm. so he never knew the mom, okay. which I think he might say, like, right. kind of real quick. He died of pneumonia, like we said, really young. Mm-hmm. So he stayed on Earth to make sure that his dad wasn't lonely after losing his wife and young son. Oh, no. So he doesn't pass on, and Casper becomes trapped because he doesn't want his dad to suffer. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. That's rough, right? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. all admit it. Let's yeah. address it. That yeah. fucking, that's rough. That As one an hurts. Adult, that's rough. Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. So in the movie, we see the newspaper clipping about Casper's father saying that he became an inventor and went mad. Okay. So you can see the connection between Dr. Harvey and then Cat and Casper, Mm -hmm. all right? 
But Casper's backstory hadn't been mentioned in the versions before this, okay. like his last name and how he died, okay. et cetera. So as far as I can tell, this 1995 version is what laid that groundwork, okay. all right? All right. And Devin Sawa is the only person to play live-action Casper. Oh, cute. Again, that I could tell. Mm-hmm. So this solidified that Casper wasn't just a friendly ghost who was born that way. He was a child that died. Yes. All right? right? Like this kind of, you couldn't shy away from that. Right. That is why the dancing scene is so emotional. Mm-hmm. And like even as a kid who, yeah. like maybe you hadn't dealt with grief as a yeah. kid, you could still right. feel the pang of that scene, right? Yeah. Because Casper never got to do these things while he was alive. He didn't get to be a kid. He missed out. Yes. Right? He won't be able to go on a date with Kat or get married. Yeah. Et cetera. That's why her wearing his mother's wedding dress is even more like, ow. Yeah. And these are the little details, I think, as a kid that might go over your head. Right. So death is an incredibly hard topic to understand and digest, right? right? For pretty much anyone, but especially children. Right. And I know from experience, I had a lot of death. Yes. Yeah, like a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. So Kat and her father are dealing with it in their way, right? They mm-hmm. lost a big player on right. their team. Right. Kat, her mother, Dr. Harvey, his wife, their whole right. world is turned completely upside down. Mm-hmm. But Casper is also faced with the grief of his right. own death. Right. Like, which I don't think is something that, like, you think about that often. Right. And he has some shit to work out. Wow. I know, the, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then his dad is gone. Right, yeah, he's yeah. grieving, yeah, and he yeah. never got to know his mom, but, like, he, when you meet Casper, he doesn't remember anything about himself. So then yes. when he starts, it all comes back, he has, he's going to have to grieve that. Right, right. right. So when Cat and Casper collide, it's like two lost, lonely souls bumping in the night. Yeah. Okay, they each needed a friend and a companion, and to know that they weren't completely alone. Right. Because Dr. Harvey couldn't be there for Cat. Right. Right? Yeah which is the exact message that the film gave to a lot of younger people, myself included, mm-hmm. because, and we, I feel like I've brought up a lot of these topics. Right. Because, like, I like movies that are kids' movies, but they speak to kids kind of like they're adults. Right. Because, yes, can you watch Casper? And if maybe, like I said, you hadn't experienced this stuff as a kid, can you watch it and be like, yeah, this is wow. a story about a cute ghost and it's cute? And mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But... If you were a kid that has gone through some of this stuff. Through loss and grief. It's going to be a different movie for for you, you, right? And it gave people, you know, a safe place to feel those emotions, all right? Uh Casper and Kat were able to finally deal with some of the trauma and memories that they had hid from themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Because they were safe together. Right. Which is, again, like, and this is the power of pop culture, man. Yeah. Like, we say it all the time. We say it all the time. This movie didn't shy away from the topic of death, but instead created a safe and entertaining space for people of all ages. Yes. To yeah. maybe like talk and mm-hmm. feel feel these emotions. Yeah. Like I said, I was a sad kid. Yeah. Right. And I could see parts of myself in cat. Okay. Yeah. I really love Christina Ricci. Like say, everyone she plays, I'm like, oh. You always relate to her. I like really do. Her as a person, but the characters that she plays. Yeah. yeah. Now and then, which she was in with yep. Devin Sawal. Yes. Cute, right? Yeah. yeah and then yeah. obviously Wednesday Adams. Yeah. But she killed this performance. And like 
That's a lot. That's a heavy role to carry, kind of, if you're looking at the material. And I I don't know. I think it's a great movie. And it's a fantastic example of the power of pop culture. TM. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ooh. The power of pop culture. Do you like that? I love it. Nice. Power to the pop. Oh. Dirty pop. Okay. Now now stop. (laughs) Now we need to stop it. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, you could probably hear my voice quivering. This mm-hmm. is a very heavy topic. And again, these were lessons that now as an adult, this was a movie I loved as a kid. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, this is just going to be fun and light. Yeah. Like I knew as a yeah. kid that it, like I said, it did give me a safe place. Like I knew that I felt a lot mm-hmm. of similar emotions, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, okay, here's like, you, you know, here's I can, what they meant. Yeah. And then like looking at Dr. Harvey. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, I can really see Kat's perspective. And then now as an adult, I'm like, oh, Dr. Harvey, man. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. And then Casper, like thinking about how, you know, like in my belief system, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have some shit probably to work out on the other side. And he died in a a bad way. And that's you have to grieve that, too. And there's just it's heavy. Yeah, it's very heavy. A lot of just a lot of things to think about in that. Exactly. But I like movies like this that, you know, open the door. Yeah. And because, you know, obviously I need to talk about these things right now. This is kind of like my therapy. The universe keeps forcing me to like. Yeah, because you're trying not to. I am. I am. Well, because I don't want to, you know, the world is sad enough. And, you know, what has happened you know, in our lives the last year, it's very sad. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to put that, you know, we're here sure. to entertain and yes. to, you know, but you know, if you're, if you have been listening to us for long, you know, this yeah. long, I assume that you also maybe want to know that, you know, we're also just real people who we're feel real, people. real emotions right. and we're going through similar things and yeah. we're with you and we understand. And I'm glad that we can share like these powerful stories, right? Because it's just Casper, right? Through pop culture. A lot of people can think that that's just a silly Halloween movie, but it, you know, it can be, but it can also, these things are important. Yeah. Damn it. These things have meaning. You are correct. Yeah. So that is Casper. Would you like some fun and random facts? I would. To lighten the mood. I would. All right. So Kat and Dr. Harvey arrive at the manor the night of a harvest moon. Mm -hmm. Cute. We love that. Uh, the set design, specifically the manor, is super, super interesting. Yeah? Yeah, that I don't think I really noticed as a kid, but I'm like, ooh, like, the, there's a lot of stained glass and a lot mm-hmm. of cool, like, spooky details. I, I think it's an underrated castle. Yeah, You know, from Halloween movies. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Comics tried to sue Columbia Pictures because the Ghostbuster ghost looked too much like one of the ghosts from Casper, which oh if you kind of look at it, you're like, interesting. Huh. But they lost. Yeah, mm, bummer. okay. Uh, tennis balls were used in place of the ghost during filming. Hilarious. Can you fucking imagine having to like cry to a tennis ball? That would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Tom Hanks when he had to cry to the volleyball. Wilson. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Right. (laughs) You really have to dig deep. Yeah. You got to go deep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, This is one of the first films to have a full computer generated character as the lead character. Oh, cute. Cute, right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, Friendship Maine is a real place and it was used for some of the filming. So add it to the, the fucking list. It looks gorgeous. Speaking of Maine, there was a nice little nod to spooky famous Maine resident Stephen King in the film. Oh, I appreciated really? that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Christina cool. Ricci was like, this house would be perfect for Stephen King. And I was like, uh, oh, like love it. Uh, Whipstaff Manor, the castle, can also be seen in the Everybody music video from the Backstreet Boys. Uh, I don't. I know. Lord, I didn't. Do you see know that. who the Backstreet Boys are? Unfortunately, I do. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to need you to <laughs> swallow <laughs> that disgust I hear in your voice. <laughs> but I know people will appreciate that because mm-hmm. that everybody music video was iconic. It's like a Halloween. They're all dressed mm-hmm. up as like, mm-hmm. mom, you're not interested. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, uh, Jake said that the score is slapping. Is it slapping? I, I quoted him. He said the score is slapping. Slapping. Yeah. Oh, so wow. there you go. That's. It is. It is a beautiful score. There's a lot of like cute and whimsical. And then yeah. there's ones that are going to make you want to cry for 10 hours. But that's the wow. power of a good score. Uh, that sounds good. And it's not even Danny Elfman. You know what? It sounded like him. And Did I it? went to Google and I was like, if this is fucking Danny Elfman. Uh-huh. It wasn't. But okay. very similar. A similar, oh, similar vibe, vibe that okay. I really appreciated. Gotcha. So that is Casper. I love it. Oh, thank you for sharing. I know that was, that was a toughie for you. It feels good, though. I yeah. hope that it was still enjoyable. Like, you yeah. know, I hope this helps some people, too. Um, we'll be back to, like, you know, dick and fart jokes next week, I hope. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing is you don't know when you take on these topics what the lesson is going to be and really where it's don't. going to lead you. You don't go, oh, I think I'll do Casper because I want to talk about some sad shit. Well, no, it's act- like know? I actually like I will link a bunch of articles that of people who it's, this is a very common theme. I mean, it's a darker yeah. story when you really look at it. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it just kind of led me there. Like I said, that universe is really she's trying to give me a message. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to work through some shit. I do. I get it. Like, I All right, get it. I'm going to sit back and drink my tea. Yeah, You're drink up to your bat. tea. Well, oh, I'm up to bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Are you know, you? I'm just trying to figure out the damn, uh, you know, technology. She right. Is. I'm like, uh, what's my. We'll see yeah. you in 10 minutes when she figures <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. So I today am doing The Raven. Ooh, yes. Right? 2012 American crime thriller. Ooh, American crime Ooh. thriller. I love when you do spooky things. Yes. Yeah. It's it's not very often, but, you know, sometimes a nice little treat. Directed by James McTeague, produced by Mark D. Evans, Trevor Macy, and Aaron Ryder, and written by Ben Livingston and Hannah Shakespeare. <laughs> Ooh, Hannah Shakespeare. Nice. Right? Yeah. She's doing Poe. And it's Hannah Shakespeare. Oh, okay, Lord. <laughs> nice. So, $26 million budget. Okay. 29.7 at the box office. Was so, it a clinker? Was it a clinker? A, it was a clinker, a real stinker. <laughs> right? <laughs> a clinker, a real that stinker. Was a stinker. Oh, no. On Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a 22% rating. <laughs> Why did you just go New Jersey on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say it had? I got to 22%. Oh, shit. That's not good. <laughs> One critic stated that the movie ruined the legacy of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, come on. Right? Are you kidding me? Well, I love this. Roger Ebert stated in his review that he had high hopes for the film when he saw John Cusack's name attached uh, because he would make a great, tortured, brilliant, lashing out to the cruel world Poe. Uh-huh. However, that's Uh-oh. the historical Poe, which was not the direction that the movie took. And it is more of a melodramatic Poe calling for the acting talents more suited to Nicolas Cage. No, 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 you did not. Did you that's fucking exactly just say what that? he said? She's like, I read it verbatim. I did. He fucking I did. said Nicolas Cage. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's so that's funny. That's a roast. Because you can see it. You can kind of okay, see it. Okay, you can. Hey, I thought he did great. So, well, John Cusack's performance seems to be the highlight of this movie. For sure. Right? Now, look. Let me tell you something. Uh Uh-oh. 
John Cusack could sit on a chair reading a telephone book, and I'd be like, bravo, bravo, Oscar worthy. <laughs> you did Oscar worthy. <laughs> you fucking have done he it again. Nailed it. You son of a nailed bitch. Nailed it, John Cusack. Um, I'm excited because I think he is the most we've covered a specific celebrity. I you think he's. Kidding? I think he's been in the podcast. Is he more above Matthew L? He's above Matthew Lillard. Are we about to do a battle? Are we Woo! about to do the battle of Maddie L and Johnny Q? Yes, we oh. are about to do a battle. <laughs> you All will right. lose. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. I don't think so because I still got hot tub time machine in my docket. <laughs> I've got <laughs> some <laughs> shit in my back pocket. <laughs> we just <laughs> run. What's going on here in today? the docket and in my pocket? Do we have a gas leak again. Thumbs <laughs> up. All right, so here's your cast. Okay. John Cusack is Edgar Allan Poe. I, I'm already in. I'm right? sold. I'm sold. Again, Oscar worthy. Um, Alice Eve is Emily Hamilton. Luke Evans as Detective Fields. Brendan Gleeson, who is Captain Charles Hamilton. And I was like, where have I seen him before? Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, Kevin McNally as Maddox. Oliver Jackson Cohen as John Cantrell. Hey. And I was like, he looks familiar. Oh, he's Luke Crane from The Haunting of Hill House. We love him. He was very young. Uh, Jimmy Yule as Captain Eldridge and Sam Hazelden as Ivan. Is that right. it? Well, I could go on, but, you know, just getting the key players in there. Gosh. All right, so here's the plot. Okay. The film is set in 1849. Ooh, going way back. All right. And poses a fictional account of the last days of Edgar Allan Poe. Okay? So you said fictional. Fictional. So let me recap a little bit because you've already tapped on Poe. I have. Earlier, so you can go back and listen to that episode. But just to catch everybody up, Poe was on a trip from Virginia to Philadelphia to edit a book for a forgotten poetress Mm -hmm. named Mrs. St. Leon Loud. Uh, He stops off in Baltimore. Not sure why. Mm -hmm. Many different, you know... Uh, ideas of why, 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 where am I going with that? (laughs) I love... Many different possibilities. (laughs) Nobody's really sure. Right. So a few days later, he's found, like, not coherent and dressed in someone else's clothes, murmuring the name Reynolds. He's Mm -hmm. taken to the hospital where he dies on the morning of October 7th, 1849, at the young age of 40. Whoa, yeah. His death still remains a mystery to this day. So this movie is attempting to use creative liberties to right. fictionally lend a theory as to what may have happened. Love, I love that. Right? Yeah. But they're also using some historical facts. We those in there, right? Sure. So in the story, our author and poet Poe, along with Detective Fields, are on the hunt for a serial killer who happens to be murdering his victims, mimicking Poe's stories. Okay. Right? Yeah. So although the plot itself is a work of fiction, they, as I said, did weave some historical accounts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie begins at the end as we see Poe sitting on a park bench, mm-hmm. uh, not seeming to really know where he's at. Right. Then we see him recollecting the events of the past few days. Okay. And we have a story. Love. All right. As a carriage drives down the cobblestone Baltimore streets, the police are called to a murder where a woman. There's been a murder. There's been a murder. There are games afoot, madam. (laughs) Um, Where a woman and her 12-year-old daughter have been murdered. Seemingly from a door locked on the inside and a window that is bolted shut. Okay. Okay. But he's not in there. The murderer is not in there. So... (laughs) 
He's yes, vanished. Lord, He's you. vanished. Did you get that? I you, did. You keep I, an eye? I mean, I kind of figured well, you kind of looked at me like, what are you oh, talking okay. about? <laughs> so famed Detective Fields is brought in to help with the investigation and realizes the crime is very similar to the fictional short story called The Murders in the Rue Morgue, mm-hmm. written by Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh, I'm getting tingly. This Ooh. is fun. Bringing in the Halloween vibes. Cut to a dark, foggy street with plenty of ravens to add spookiness to the scene. We see Poe, quill in hand, talking in literary speak. Right? Very ominous. Mm. He enters a local pub, and we set the scene for Poe's love of the drink, in which Uh. he is denied due to a large unpaid bar tab. Okay? Okay. So they're setting that up early. Yeah. We also learn that Poe is in love with Emily Hamilton and plans to make her his wife. Cute. Poe is brought in for questioning by Detective Fields for the murder of the woman and her daughter mm-hmm. uh, when he is called out to the scene of yet another murder. This time, a man named Griswold. Griswold. Who worked for the newspaper and was a rival of Poe's. Uh-oh. Was strapped down to a table, and a huge pendulum proceeds to cut him in half. I know where this is going. Yes, the pendulum resembles uh, Poe's story, The Pit and the Pendulum. Nice. And in grand Sherlock Holmes style, the <sighs> two deduce the murderer is carrying out these murders based on Poe's writings. You did it again. I did it again. You doiled yourself. I doiled myself. (laughs) Instead of soiled myself, (laughs) which was that was last week. You Arthur Conan (laughs) doiled yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just make a shit joke? Up top. 10 out of 10. I loved that. When Emily is kidnapped from her father's masquerade ball, resembling in the one in Poe's Mask of the Red Death, Mm -hmm. the killer urges in a note that Poe must write and publish a new story if he wants to see Emily alive again. Fucking slam on the brakes. Don't be telling me what to do. Yeah, well, what a he, pickle. he is telling him what to do, right? <laughs> well, he is. like, you will do this. Uh, the killer sends the duo on many a wild goose chase. At one point, they are under the city searching the tunnels, only to find a body buried that is dressed like Emily, but not her. That's fucked up. The clues on the body lead the crew to the Holy Cross Church where an empty grave with Emily's name on it can be found. Again, fucked up. But no Emily. Mother. Pearls. Right? Poe writes one last article for the paper. In it, he offers the killer his life for the life of Emily. Ouch. The next morning, Poe receives a response from the killer, which was delivered well before the paper was released, (gasps) in which he wrote the article. And by Joe, he's got it. (laughs) He realizes the killer has to work for the paper. You don't fucking say. Okay. As he would have read Poe's article before it was published. Right. So Poe rushes to the paper, but his editor is already dead. Oh, shit. With a note beside him. The killer is none other than Ivan Reynolds. Who's that? He is the typesetter for the newspaper. Oh, shit. Right? Okay. Uh, who saw that coming? Nobody. Oh, okay. Right? I, I didn't know and if they it kind was of, just me. And they kind of really don't go into why. Oh, he just You know, he's just like kind it. of like, you know, I, I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, sometimes that's accurate, you know, right. sadly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he offers Poe up a drink of poison. Great. After Poe imbibes the cocktail, Ivan quotes the telltale heart, letting Poe know that Emily is buried beneath the floor of the printing house. Oh, yes. Right? So Poe rescues Emily, and they share a final moment as Poe wanders off to the park bench to spend his final moments. Mm-hmm. 
Here he is found by a man who recognizes the famed writer, and when he asks Poe if he is okay, he gathers enough strength to say, tell Fields his last name is Reynolds. Reynolds. Do you know what I love? What? Every time we mess up a word, it's like when we're trying to deliver like a key I moment. Know. A key moment. And, and we just can't do it. Screwed up. Every time. Right? Yeah. 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 That's I, I, I did. Yeah. Didn't pack the punch I was going for. Right? <laughs> Poe dies and Fields makes the connection of the message Poe was trying to get to him before his death. Ivan thinks he's home free, but is met on his getaway train by Fields, who shoots him point blank range. Nice. The end. The end. Right? Okay. So I thought that that was riveting, wasn't it? I, I did. I thought it was really good. I it thought was it was a good fictional take right. on you know what was happening to exactly. him in these uh, you know obviously uh, a little outlandish, but still I thought it well, was I thought it was cool. It's a fantasy film, okay. Yeah. All right, so we ready for a little fun facts? Okay, sure. All right. Okay, so the title of the movie is named after Poe's The Raven. Of course. Right? Written in 1845 and his most famous work and the poem that would garner him with the national fame. Yeah, so that's what I talked about. In yes. The, yeah, that right. was an early ass episode. Yes. You're going to have to go way back. Yeah, so go learn about ravens in yeah. this poem. But he was paid $9 right. for this poem. Sucks. Although set in Baltimore, the film was made in Hungary and Serbia and Ooh. featured a mainly English cast. Very cool. Making okay. John Cusack the only American in the main cast. Wow. All right. right. The first trailer for the film was released on October 7th, 2011, 162 years to the day of Poe's death. Whoa. Cool. Mm-hmm. The words Poe utters at the end of the movie, may God have mercy on my poor soul, are the actual reported words that he his last words. Yeah. So the three main stories that they refer to in the movie are murder in the Rue Morgue, right? Yeah. Published in Graham's magazine in 1841 is considered one of the very first detective stories. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. The police baffled at the murder of a woman and her child where a murderer has escaped from an apparently sealed room. The person that helps the police, his name is C. August Dupin, and his nameless friend, who narrates the story, offer their skill to the police. So through a stunning interpretation of clues left at the scene, identify the murderer. Nice. Right? Mm -hmm. So this story would begin an entirely new genre of fiction, and the character of Dupin can be seen reincarnated in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's oh, Sherlock Holmes, wow. as well as Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot. Oh, yeah. Yes. We haven't dived yep. into that. Dived, yeah. delved. Delved. Is it delved? Delved into. Yeah. We haven't yeah. delved into Agatha Christie yet. No, Ooh, not I'm yet. I'm excited for that. Um, That's very interesting. I had no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. That he was the originator. The, the OG. I the love that. The OG. Poe. Love that for right him. on. All right, so the second one is The Pit and the Pendulum. Oh, I right? do like this story. Yeah. It's interesting. 1842, mm -hmm. published in a literary annual called The Gift. Mm. The story recounts the torture endured by a prisoner of the Spanish Inquisition and his date with destiny to a pit and a very sharp executioner's axe as the pendulum. Okay, now I feel bad that I said I like that story because <laughs> it sounded it's a little dark. I like when Vincent Price is in it. All right, right that's exactly. what I mean. Exactly. Uh, the character in this story survives his fate. Mm -hmm. The same cannot be said of the man in the movie. R.I.P. Uh, the story gets mad props for inspiring fear in the reader. 
The focus is to resonate with the reader's senses, and there's a very large emphasis on sound. Like Poe is very, dis- yeah. very good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So another one of his key stories. For sure. And the last one is Mask of the Red Death, published in 1842, also in Graham's magazine. Uh, The story revolves around a plague known as the Red Death. Mm. In an attempt to evade the Red Death, Prince Prospero hides out in his abbey where he has welcomed in all of his fellow noblemen and ladies, like a thousand of them. Whoa. And he's not really giving a shit about the plight of his other fellow humans outside the Mm -hmm. walls. He and his peeps are going to wait out the plague in luxury with nothing to fear. He holds this huge masquerade ball. I'm getting like, I'm getting deja vu. Yes. Yes. (laughs) While they are tripping the lights fantastic, a mystical figure arrives disguised in a red cloak and mask. Mm. Prospero dies after confronting the figure whose costume contains nothing. (gasps) It's empty. Spooky. And then all of the other guests also perish. Mm, R.I.P. Right. Although the Red Death is considered a fictitious malady, it may have been inspired by tuberculosis or the consumption, which is what uh, Poe's wife suffered and died from. Right. um, Or the bubonic plague. Oh, jeez. Take your pick. Or also (laughs) it's kind of they're saying it could have represented the wealth the it cla- was definitely the wealthy a class, story, class sure. thing where you can't escape. Right. You know, it comes for everybody. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, exactly. Okay, fun. So, of course, Vincent Price was famous for starring in films based on post stories such as The Raven and The Mask of the Red Death and The Pit and the Pendulum. So I highly recommend you go check those they out. They are. They're fun. Because I love Vincent Price. They're cheesy as hell, but they are fun. Cheesy but good. So I don't really have... A lesson per se, Shame but I, I know. But I, I became very intrigued by the man in the movie who was sawed in half by the pendulum. Oh, geez. Okay. Right? Yes. So <laughs> I did not I think was that's like, what you were You know, because I'm like, well, of course, I'm always like, so what's fact and what's fiction? Oh, you okay. Know? Yeah. Uh, so I was just curious. So he is a real person. What do you mean? Yeah. So the guy in the movie okay. that gets sawed in half yeah. by the, the pit and the pendulum, they referred to him as Griswold, and they say that he worked at the paper and was an enemy of Poe. Like, they mentioned that oh, in the movie. okay. And so I was like, hmm, well, I wonder who is this person, and he is actually a real person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I did some investigating, and here's what I found out. I'm so excited, Laura. Right. Um, well, I think his name is Rufus, but I think I put Rustful in. <laughs> Rustful? Rustful. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. it's that autocorrect. I don't know. We're right. having a hard time with that fucking autocorrect today. Rufus Wilmot Griswold, literary critic and editor, was indeed Poe's greatest foe. Interesting. Okay. The feud began in 1842 when Griswold published The Poets and Poetry of America, which included three of Poe's poems. Mm -hmm. At the time, Poe himself was already well-established in literary circles as a writer and also a critic himself. Mm -hmm. Poe was very upset at what he thought was a very, you know, lukewarm review of of his poems and that he only put in three poems. Right. Wow. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you, Griswold? To add insult to injury, the relationship soured further when Poe resigned from Graham's magazine, which he worked, and was replaced by Griswold, who was then paid more than Poe. Ooh. Ouchie. 
The last nail in the coffin was that both men had the hots for the same woman, Francis Sergeant Osgood. Uh, nothing came of it for either man, but it added to the tension between Yikes. the two. Okay. A love triangle. Uh, yes. A trifecta. A trifecta. Every Gr- time you say Griswold, all I can think of is Clark. I know. That's Clark W. I, yeah. I he know. has really just claimed that name. I know. Yeah. Right? I agree. Save the neck for me, Clark. That's all <laughs> I can hear. <laughs> Whenever I say oh, it. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, the relationship remained rocky for many years with short periods of a truce here and there. Okay. Right? So when Poe dies on October 7th, 1849, Griswold writes his obituary in the New York Daily Tribune. Why? Under a false name. Oh, shit. He used the name Ludwig. The obituary contains some serious undermining of Poe's character and reputation. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Griswold went on to edit and publish a pretty much inaccurate posthumous collection of Poe's works. In it, he included a biographical tale titled Memoir of an Author, in which he makes tremendous false claims about Poe's character. What? Pegging him as a drug addict, an alcoholic, a womanizer, a madman with no morals, an opium addict. You do hear that a lot yeah. when Poe comes into conversation. Right. Yeah. So this led to Poe's negative reputation. What was that word? Reputation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my mouth is dry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this led to Poe's. Where negative am what? I? <laughs> Negative. What was that again? Uh, you, you, I'm confused. <laughs> She's flustered. I'm flustered now. Negative reputation. Yes. So Griswold defamed Poe's character, going to great lengths to destroy Poe's literary contributions. What the fuck? Right? In the days following Poe's death, Griswold actually stalks his home to steal Poe's writings and his work, claiming that he is the literary executor of Poe's stuff. Uh, I think the fuck not. Yeah. And then promising to share any profits made by publishing his works with the family, with Poe's family, which he never did. Most of the slander he was slinging he claimed to have proof of as he was in possession of letters penned by Poe. Okay. uh, Kind of laying his shit bare in the letters, but these letters were later found to be complete forgeries. Uh, But his portrayal of Poe would solidify most people's impressions of Poe for over a century. That is fucked up. That that is still in the narrative when it is known that it was all false? What the? Jeez, oh man, that's really sad. So the interesting thing to note is that although he spent so much time trying to to destroy Poe's legacy, it actually only resulted in making Poe more famous and more of a known literary figure Mm -hmm. for all time. Congratulations, you You played played yourself. yourself. Whereas Griswold himself has not left much of a lasting legacy. Your name has been overtaken by by Clark W. W. (laughs) Yeah, most people don't even know who he is. You mean nothing. I'm just kidding. That's mean. (laughs) You mean nothing to me. Well, it's kind of fitting. Right. right? So his fictional death in The Raven, the movie, was intentional. Okay. And it was added in by the writers as a revenge and an attempt for some post-mortem justice for Poe. Damn, okay. Went a little gruesome with it, but okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, had, I didn't know that. That's right? very interesting. It's very interesting. And again, you know, Poe himself and his writings are magical. So right. I didn't think I had to add a magic lesson because I thought his words were actually, yeah. you know, m- not magical, but magical. 
Where am I going? I like I'm leaving no I'm leaving no pearls today. (laughs) I'm like I just don't know. Oh shit! So anyway, today Edgar Allan Poe's inflow. Oh my god! (laughs) It keeps getting fucking up better. She's getting. She's getting. Now I'm getting flustered. (laughs) All right, because I cannot speak. How does it feel? It sucks, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's shitty. So, anywho, let's start again. Today, Edgar Allan Poe's influence in pop culture is immeasurable. Yeah. He invented the detective story. Damn. He is credited with contributing to the development of the horror and science fiction genre. Oh, absolutely. He is considered a literary trailblazer, known Mm -hmm. specifically for his haunting poems and tales of terror. 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 Tales of terror. (laughs) Terror. From Gone with the Wind. Dude, you're fucking killing me today. <laughs> Tales of uh, Tara reading the finger splints. Oh, my God. Mash up. Fuck. Yes, oh Tara reading the finger splints is going to be my girl band. There like, you, you can't stop me. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. He created a new profession, which was that of the starving artist. Oh, and shit. He okay. is America's first well-known writer. Speaking of starving, if you hear that rumbling, which I can tell Jake can hear it, it's my stomach. Is it really? It, it really is. I thought maybe it was the dog talking. No, what, that's having, my fucking stomach. Haven't you eaten no, today? No, I ate breakfast. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> you had some yogurt. I need, I need some vegan chicky nugs. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, you know I love Poe. Yes, you do. Yeah. And I was like, how am I going to talk about The Raven? Because, you know, even though it was considered a stinker, like I said, John Cusack makes the movie and he does a stunning portrayal. And I just think it's a good watch. I I like that movie. I I haven't seen it in a few years, but Mm -hmm. I remember you bought it for me on DVD and I was like, I loved it. I think it's a creative take on it. And I think people, you know, it's not another remake. It was a creative approach, which I appreciate. Damn it. I liked it. And, you know, so then we just kind of covered a few of his poems and, you know, this whole Griswold dude. I'm not digging him. So. Wow. Laura. I love that. (laughs) She has had enough with today. She's like, like, fuck everything. How dare you defame his character. Hey, you got to talk about John. John Cusack. I know. Always a good day. Always a good day. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I like that lore. I had no idea. Isn't it fun where your curiosity takes you? Yes, oh my I goodness. love it. I love it. Fun. We learn new things. This was a great episode. I loved it. I really liked it. I'm yeah. so sorry that you had a hard time speaking. I know. Yeah. I feel like I could probably down like a gallon of water or something. I'm <laughs> feeling really dry mouth. Oh my gosh. Well, on that note, you want to yeah. do killer quotes? Let's do it. All right. I already said it, but I'm sorry. It's can I keep you? Because I just think that that is the most heartbreakingly, like, beautifully sad quote ever. That's powerful. It is powerful. Devin Sawa, you delivered it. 10 out of 10. That was Nanook's way of also saying 10 out of 10. (laughs) Too enthusiastic. Thumbs up. (laughs) All right. Here's my killer quote. Okay. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. Mm -hmm. Yes. I used to have that on a t-shirt. I love Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, you do. Uh, Mine and Jake's first car together, we also called Annabelle Lee. 
because I'm I kind of a pwn nerd. You are a pwn nerd. I am. You are. You've well, got some really I'm nice pwn books. books. Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, another one in the fucking books. <laughs> all right. So check us out next week for another episode. Yes, please do. Please check out everything linked in our bio. Go follow us on social media. Do we'll catch it. you next week. Yeah. TTFN. Cut print. Check the gate. Moving on. <laughs>